Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for women who want to elevate their health, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, corporate girl turned full-time online health and lifestyle entrepreneur. Join me every week for a high vibe conversation that will inspire you to live your best, healthiest, and most high vibe life. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome everyone to the High Vibe Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. We have Erica Gutierrez, who is studying applied and computational math. So she is a math major, super smart, but also super passionate. She has a lot of other creative outlets. She's a shuffle dancing and yoga instructor, LinkedIn influencer, host of the Beyond Shuffle podcast. You guys definitely need to give that podcast a listen. It is amazing. And she's passionate about inspiring others to begin their personal growth journey and leave a positive impact on the world. And I am so inspired by Erica and seeing her journey and her growth. And she is a very, like, she's a very old soul, but she's young in age and she has so much wisdom to share. And so I'm excited to have you on Erica, because I have just been inspired by all the action that you've been taking, all the growth, the community that you've been building. And like I said, at such a young age, when I was your age, I was not thinking about anything about, but graduating and getting a good job. And so the fact that you're doing so many things and you're rising up as such a huge leader and, and just, and creating your own community is so inspiring. So can you do us all a huge favor? And if anyone does not know who you are, please give yourself an introduction so we can get to know you a little bit better. Thank you so much, Tori. That was awesome. I'm so happy to be here today and to talk to your audience and to talk to you again. So a little bit about myself. Well, you you did a great introduction. Uh, kind of like how it all started was just growing up, I was a very passionate person. You know, like I was a dancer since I was three years old almost. I loved putting on shows and I loved just being creative. But Throughout my life, I kind of went through a lot of different experiences that kind of shut me down and kind of put me into a place that I became scared of doing those things. So I became scared of dancing. I became scared of being myself and expressing. And it really wasn't until about maybe three years ago or two years ago that I kind of tapped into a personal growth journey myself. And I started realizing that you know, all that fear and all these kind of like limiting beliefs that I had held on to were throughout these experiences that I kind of latched onto throughout my life. And so when I became, um, in, when I began this personal growth journey, it kind of opened my eyes to kind of the power that happens when you decide to turn inward and kind of go and reflect on those experiences that you've had in the past and kind of change your future. And that's kind of what I've been on and, you know, through shuffling, through all the things that you mentioned earlier that I do, which is like math and mindset and a lot of that, those are kind of vehicles for me that have allowed me to kind of reconnect with the person that I am. And the reason why I'm so passionate with other people and the reason why I share all this personal growth stuff is because we can all tap into, you know, this highest self or whatever power people believe in and we can all really shift at any point in our life from the person that we were and to the person that we want to become by doing the things that we're passionate about by doing the things that we love and just being able to share that with other people and learn from other people because you have also inspired me so much so that's kind of just where it's been is just this personal growth journey of every day you know uncovering kind of unlearning things 
from mm-hmm. the past that hold us back and making space for that new stuff that will allow us to grow and continue just growing together, all of us as a collective. I love Love that. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you that came up, I know that you said you started off very expressive. You had a lot of passions and, and stuff like that. And things happened that kind of made you go back into a shell or stop expressing yourself openly and creatively. I was wondering, because I feel like a lot of people go through something similar like that where they want to express themselves and then maybe they got made fun of or maybe they have an experience like I know for me personally I've talked about it before I have an experience where people were watching me dance like in my backyard and then all the neighborhood kids were making fun of me and I never wanted to like I literally anytime I danced I made sure like all my windows were shut all my blinds were shut that my door was locked like I triple checked everything because I had so much anxiety about getting made fun of for dancing. Um, and that really like unknowingly stuck with me for so long. Um, so I'm wondering what experiences did you have that kind of kept you in your shell and how did you figure out, I know you said you had to look back at the past and realize those things that kept you, you know, in your shell to be able to move forward and create space for new things. But I'm wondering what those experiences were and when did you identify them? Yeah, so I didn't really identify them till you know, I became more aware of the fact that our experiences do make an impact. I kind of always had this idea of who I think I am and who I think others think of me is what the truth was. And I didn't realize, you know, even when I came to college, I was in a sorority and I was going through like this anxiety of like, oh, maybe these people don't like me or, oh, I am afraid of doing this because I'm afraid to get judged. And I thought all this was just me. And this was like what was actually going on. And so, you know, I started reading about, you know, our thoughts and how we can be creating these narratives that really bring us down. And so what happened was I I don't have exact uh, situations that I can pinpoint, but every that we experience when we're little has an effect on our life and it started off from a really young age I was always just very expressive and I was kind of that one person that always had these ideas and I always wanted to do things and like my first detention I was like seven years old and I remember like when I was five years old I was like talking and my teacher kind of like shut me down and I was crying having like a straight up panic attack crying because I didn't get why I was getting in trouble and it was just all these experiences of like the rules that this education system had and like yes. people could be so mean because kids can be so mean and yes. realize <laughs> it. like any, anyone can just, any kid that's like five years old would just look at you and be like, you're weird. Or why are you doing that? Like, and so I guess I just started getting really more like self-conscious, but Definitely like a specific experience was when I was in the dance team. I was a dancer. I danced professionally my whole life. Um, But I didn't really, those years were kind of a blur to me. I really remember like dancing and, you know, having fun. But it wasn't until about like fresh, no, maybe middle school and freshman, sophomore year of high school that I was in the dance team. And it was just constant, constant judgment and criticism not only from the people around me but from my actual coaches you know they do want you to get better but I was just myself internally going through just a lot of insecurity and a lot of lack of confidence and I was physically unable to express myself 
artistically through dance because every time I was about to go and rehearse a choreography, just in my head, I was so scared of not being good enough that I wouldn't go full out just because mm -hmm. I was so anxious about it. And I remember getting yelled at always like, you're not good enough. Like you're not trying, you're not trying. What are you doing? Like, I remember one time I tried out for something and my teacher literally set me apart and she's like, what was that? That was terrible. You're not trying. Like, what are you doing? What? And it's, it was just, I, I literally was going through such a dark time in high school that I would go home and cry after these dance practices because I was just so insecure. Mm -hmm. And it's just from the coach's perspective, they wanted me to do better, but mm -hmm. I was just at a position that I didn't know how to do better. So it was just so mentally draining that I remember quitting dance and I just never wanted to go back to it. And I quit. Wow. I never tried out again. And I just physically never thought I would dance again. I was like 17 years old and I was like, I'm never going to dance again. That's not for me. I'm never going to be a good dancer. I'm never going to be good enough because I just physically was afraid of never being good enough because mm -hmm. I thought that if I were to dance all out that I would be judged and just criticized for it for the rest of my life. Wow. That's what an incredible, there's like so many takeaways I got from that. Um, and one of them was that it's just crazy how I think at the end of the day, a lot of our fears, if not all of them, stem from this natural instinct to be loved and accepted, right? We all want to be loved and accepted. And I think a lot of our fears, like the fear of judgment, the fear of criticism, like it's just like our in innate tribal fear of like wanting to be loved and accepted. And when you look back at it, because I remember like teachers and stuff like that, that are like disciplining you or like telling you things and we take it so personally. And now that you kind of were like adults and you look back, you're like, that teacher was maybe just trying to do the best that they could with the knowledge that they knew, you know, but we took like, as a kid, those things really leave marks on you, you know? And when you were saying how, when you were in school, you were always expressive and creative and you're always talking and you're like, why am I getting in trouble? And I feel like the way the education system works is that it doesn't encourage people that are natural leaders, like people that naturally want to lead and like express and create and, you know, collaborate. Like it's not, hopefully that's changing and hopefully that starts to change. But I think the old school, like education system really just teaches a lot of people like, this is what you do. You be quiet and you listen and you take notes, you know? So I, I, I feel like you, especially where you're at now, you're just a natural leader. You really are. And, and it's just showing and shining in everything that you do. And so I commend you for really going on this journey because you're leading people, whether they tell you or not, you know, just with your own journey. And it's, like I said, it's so inspiring to watch. One thing that I want to ask was shuffling. Like when did, when did you start getting into shuffling? And for those of you that don't know shuff, what shuffling is, if if you follow me or Erica, you probably do, but if you don't, it's really a lot of footwork. There's different styles of shuffling, but it really is just a lot of footwork. It's very popular in the EDM community. It used, it's, it's a very old dance, like just like all dance, you know, but there's different hybrids and different things that it's evolving to, which is a very beautiful thing, but it's a lot of footwork. It's a great workout, uh, very popular in the EDM community. And Erica is an amazing dancer and an amazing shuffler. So I want to hear your journey with shuffling and if it at all paralleled your personal growth journey in any way. Yeah, so shuffling was definitely the turning point in my life. And I do want to add to what you mentioned about me being a natural leader. That's something that I was so mentally... I thought that I would never be able to lead because of those experiences, always being told that I was wrong. 
And so when I first came to college, I remember even trying out for like a dance team in my sorority and I didn't make it. And that was the time I was like, all right, here we go again. Like I'm officially not a dancer. Like I'm never going anywhere with this. And then one day I came across shuffling on Instagram and Mm -hmm. I have always been into the EDM scene since I was 13 in 2012 I went to my first ultra music festival and I partied you know I all the EDM festivals I was meeting DJs but it was all for the wrong reasons back in the day I loved the music but I just didn't really have the confidence in me so I would go to drink alcohol and I would Mm -hmm. go to party and escape from my real life and so when I came to college I never thought I would be back into the EDM scene because I thought oh I don't need a party anymore now I got to be more serious. So I didn't think I would ever be back into it and when I found shuffling on Instagram I realized it was band cycle. I was like I want to do what this girl does. She is mm-hmm. so inspiring like she is just living her life. Let me just try it. So I started watching tutorials. I started doing it on my own practicing like every single day. And I remember my first story that I posted on Snapchat of me dancing. And I literally wrote, I know people are going to make fun of me for dancing on my story, but I'm having fun with it. And that's what matters. And this is about a year and a half. (laughs) And I remember talking. You've only been shuffling for a year and a half? Yeah. What? Only a year and a half. Yeah. I started in October of 2018. Oh my gosh. I thought it was so much longer. Because I was Thank you. Thank you. Because I was a dancer my whole life, but shuffling a year and a half. And I think it's because I put all that passion of, you know, loving the music for so long and just putting away shuffling was the vehicle that allowed me to kind of put away all those stories of never being able to express or never being able to be good at anything, which is Mm -hmm. stuff that I literally physically believe Mm -hmm. and mentally believe. But when I found shuffling, I was able to realize like, if you do do this every day and you set your mind to it you can do it all the time and get better at it and grow and it was such a internal process that every time I shuffled every time I posted a video every time I saw myself dancing I was kind of looking into the possibilities of oh my gosh this person that I've always wanted to be who was a dancer who was good at something was in fact the person that I've been this whole time Mm -hmm. and shuffling was what allowed me to realize that that you know those stories of not being good enough or never being able to dance was just stuff that other people were implanting into my mind and I kind of was able to break through that through shuffling and it was the first time I ever found like something that I was passionate about and and ever since then it's just been an every single day growing experience through shuffling. I love that. I absolutely love that. I mean, I've had a similar experience when it comes to, I feel like a lot of people have, like, I feel like, because it's something that's so different from just regular dancing too. And it's so expressive. It's so, it's such an individual type of dance. Like you can throw in your own style. And I, I love seeing people start their own journey with shuffling because we all start as beginners, right? Like there might be some people that might have like a little bit better footwork, but like we pretty much all start at ground, ground level zero, you know? And I think it's like anyone can learn how to shuffle. And when people ask me like, oh, like how do you shuffle? I'm like, you just start. Like you just keep, you keep on showing up every single day and you're naturally going to grow. And that is how everything works in this world, right? Like if you want to get better at anything, you just got to keep on showing up every single day and your, your passion, your energy just shines through shuffling. So I can't believe you've only been doing it for a year and a half. 
That's insane to me. I thought it was so longer. I thought it was so longer. So I I wanted to ask, because I know that you said when you were younger in in the EDM scene, it was like really you were in it for the wrong reasons or, you know, more of escapism from your your reality. And, you know, that's why there's so many outlets for people to do that nowadays to find escapism. Um, But I know that you said that you gave up alcohol. I don't know if that's a permanent decision, but I would love to hear your journey because I recently gave it up. early December. So I've been going on and off breaks, but this time I'm like, I really want to give it up for good. I don't know if that, like, I I still don't know where I'm at with that, but it was something that personally I was like, I just don't feel like alcohol is aligned with where I want to go in my life. And so I decided to give it up for that, for those reasons. And I would love to hear your, like, just you giving your journey with alcohol and giving it up and that decision and where it came from and how you're feeling after making that decision. Definitely. So I started drinking when I was 13. And I remember just, I just got really into it because I was like, part of the popular squad. And every single weekend, you know, we were going out partying and everyone thought I was like this very like popular girl with so many friends. And it was just kind of this cycle that I got into that I just didn't have anything else to do on the weekends. And I didn't know how to connect with other people unless I was drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point, you know, in Miami, everything is VIP. And if you're a woman, you get in for free. And I was getting into all these underage clubs, partying with like, DJs and you know living the life but Mm -hmm. I deep down I was actually really unhappy and I remember I would post pictures of me at clubs like at live and at story and everyone was like oh my gosh like but I would just go home the next day and feel like crap and I would just feel the alcohol like I was depressed and I would just continue drinking and I just didn't know what else to do and when I came to college it was the same thing and it was even worsening and worsening because it's the most normal thing is to go out and drink with people and it was so just like, normal <laughs> anywhere without alcohol mm-hmm. and I was just really really unhappy and I remember I didn't have friends who didn't drink. I just had friends that every Friday, even when I was so tired from like my engineering quiz or whatever, my friends would drag me out to go and drink. And so it was this cycle that just continued till I was like 21, actually. My 21st mm-hmm. birthday, I got like really drunk. And then after that, I realized like, oh my God, I'm not happy at all. So a little bit after my 21st birthday, which was the 2018, around September, October was when I started shuffling. Mm -hmm. And I remember that when I was shuffling at a club, I physically couldn't be drinking because I just was like shuffling or drinking. And it just happened very naturally where I realized how much happiness shuffling brought me when I was outside at a club and it allowed me to connect with people in a way that alcohol was what I was using to do that before, but I was still kind of drinking. And it wasn't until I was in Miami, it was December. And I had met a van that weekend. It was van, some other really good friends that we became friends ever since that day. And we went to space. And I remember being at space and none of these people were drinking. They were just all shuffling. And I was like, this is the first time I've ever been at a club with people who are not drinking. Yeah. And it just <laughs> that one situation to make me be like, Erica, wait, I don't need alcohol. This has been something I've been so dependent on on and I don't even need it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was just using alcohol as a reason to go and like, you know, not have like this pressure on me to like socialize because alcohol just made me very like fun. Mm-hmm. But dancing provided that same effect for me. And I realized that once I quit alcohol and after that day, I actually went a whole year without drinking it at all. I went through Miami Music Week, 
of 2019 and I did like four parties. I did ultra. I didn't have a single sip of alcohol and it was the most confident I've ever felt in my life and the most happy I've been because I didn't need this other substance in order for me to be like my best self. I remember when I I was I got to dance on stage with Oliver Heldens and that's when it hit me because I remember five years back in like 2015, 2016, when I saw Oliver Heldens live and mm-hmm. I was really drunk because I didn't know anything better. Yeah. And then that moment I was sober on stage and it's like, oh my gosh, like I actually don't need this substance to feel confident and that was something that I tricked myself for so many years and and being dependent on it yeah and I think it's just about the reasons it's not like it's not that everyone who drinks alcohol is bad like not at all and now I do allow myself to have a drink here or there Mm -hmm. I do remember though how bad it makes me feel if I do drink it a lot so I try not to and what happens is that it depends why you're drinking because if you're drinking because you had a long week and you just want to get the edge off you know it just depends why you're doing it and if you're you're using it to mask other things that need to have attention to Mm -hmm. and you're just drinking every weekend instead and that's when it becomes a problem and that's personally what I was going through Mm -hmm. and I realized I would drink but I was still super unhappy at the end of the day so it just and why you're doing I think that's a huge pointer because I noticed for me like I was using alcohol what I don't know if you've heard of like the term buffering but it's basically kind of like numbing it's like numbing out whatever you're going through whatever things that you don't want to face or like numbing out the fact that you had a really long stressful week so you're like I'm gonna pour myself a glass of wine because I deserve it you know and when I was realizing like I was like I don't think I want to turn to alcohol because I did never had a problem with it like I would no one would ever categorize me as like an alcoholic or someone that had a problem like I was very much a social drinker but it was something that for me, I felt innately, I wasn't drinking all like just for the right reasons. You know, it was kind of something that I was like a, a little bit of an escapism or like a little bit of a way to just like have fun or take the edge off. And I was like, I want to be able to take the edge off without a substance. I want to be able to find those ways to do it in, in a more healthy way. And when you do give it up, like you kind of re- like when you do drink again, you're like, oh my gosh, like. <laughs> Like the hangovers are real if you overdrink for sure. Like your body, you just realize like how good your body can feel when you're not drinking. Um, and I love feeling good. So toxic. Alcohol really can make a huge impact yeah. and it's a depressant. Yeah. It really is a depressant. Yeah. And so I'm not saying like, like everyone is on their own journey and I have drank alcohol for a long portion of my life. And I'm not going to say that I'm never going to drink alcohol again. You know, because I, I do think it's fun. I think it's fun to drink. But right now in my journey, it's not something that I, w- I want to indulge in. It's, it's one of those things where I want to feel like, you know, I don't need it. And if I do it, it's really just enhancing whatever experience I'm having, you know. So I don't know. I'm like, that's like a subject where I'm like, I'm still exploring my life without alcohol, you know. And, and it's good to never be extremist about anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. It was like in my high school days, I was extremely like, I mean, you can say I was an alcoholic because I could not that I drank every day, but I literally could not go out and not do it. It was just like constant every Mm -hmm. single weekend. But then I went a whole year, like not even a single sip. Like it was my (laughs) week. I was like, partying with people and I'm like nope not a single sip like nope not (laughs) gonna let myself do it at all (laughs) being like flexible with anything is like I think that's very important do you have an all or nothing personality 
not really all or nothing, but definitely with that alcohol thing, I think it's when I'm really scared of getting back to the all, then it's when it's a nothing. But generally, I try, like, for example, I eat vegetarian for the most part, Mm. or like plant-based for the most part, but there can be days where I'm a little flexible. I try not to just have a label on anything. Yeah, like very flexible. Like I see, I'm very all or nothing personality. And it's just, it's something that like, I've been working through like, okay, you don't always have to be all or nothing, you know, because I just realized something I've always done, you know, like I'm all in or I'm all out. But it's something like being flexible with my life and not putting labels, not being extremist. That is something that I'm still working through. But the thing is, is that the all or nothing mentality has worked for me in a lot of areas of my life. Yeah. So, you know, and so like, because like when I'm working on something, I'm all in, you know, and I like become obsessed with it. So it's something that has worked for me, but I know in other areas of my life, it's not necessarily serving me. And so like being aware of that um, is something that I'm working through and, and constantly growing, growing on. Um, and I wanted to ask about your personal growth journey. I know we kind of like, you touched based on that when you started, uh, like you said, like a couple years ago, was there like, what really sparked this? Was it just starting to get more curious about, about your own like mental health, about your own confidence? Like, was it incongruence with, with shuffling? Like, I'm very curious. Cause I know that you're really into feeding your mind and manifestation and spirituality and like quantum physics and all, all of that amazing stuff. And I'm so curious how you got started on this journey or was there like a specific thing that just sparked your curiosity that you started learning and growing more? Yeah. So it kind of started in, it was like two different chapters in my life. So the first time I was exposed to anything on personal development, I was around 16 or 17 in high school. And that's when I first came across the law of attraction and I came across the power of now and the four agreements and all of these books that I kind of were never taught any of this in, in school. And I remember in high school, I was People who see me today, they will not even imagine who I was in high school. Like in high school, I was going through the darkest times. Like I just blamed life on everything. I was like very negative. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking into school and I'm like, today I'm going to have a good day. And then one person was rude to me and it would ruin my day. And I was just like miserable. Like I literally hated my life back then. Mm -hmm. And then I started turning to the law of attraction and seeing all these different practices that I can use and how to have a better day or how to become a better person person. And so it started off in high school and I did start the personal growth journey, but then I was still surrounded by very, very negative influences. So I kept going back to the alcohol and I kept Mm -hmm. going back to the smoking weed and all of this Mm -hmm. stuff. And so all of that personal development work kind of didn't, didn't continue until I was very, very like, I was in my junior year of college. So like two years ago in college where I was just really low again. And I was like, okay, what can I do? I want to start doing bigger things, but I don't know what to do. So I came across the book, You're a Badass. And that's kind of what sparked me to be like, okay, one thing that I was always really bad is was procrastinating. I always had mm-hmm. these dreams and these ideas. Like I'm like, I'm going to hit the gym once a, once a, a week, maybe. I was like, once <laughs> or every so often, I'm be healthy. Like I'm not going to drink. And then the week would come and I would just mess it all up. I was just mm-hmm. procrastinator. And that would just lead me to very dark times. But then when I read your badass. I love Jen the- Sincero. 
in or Sinchera. Maine. Yeah, she's amazing. Yes, I remember you mentioned that on my yeah. podcast too. I think. The, yeah, like, she's ama- like I like I just love the way that she writes too. She makes it entertaining to read. You know, and I read the audio book too. So okay. she like her personality was in it. But then the book that really changed the game was the Compound Effect because Darren the Compound Hardy. Effect taught me that mm. it's about little little moves each and every day and so what I would struggle with was I would try this whole law of attraction thing like let me think positive and then the one thing that would happen would just throw me off so the compound effect taught me like every single day of effort works and Mm -hmm. for the first time ever I was exposed to this idea of not looking for the instant gratification or not looking for the instant results Mm -hmm. and by taking that mentality of every little every single day whether it's journal for one minute or it's do yoga, or it's shuffle for a little bit, every single day pays off. And just being able to realize that wherever it is that you want to go in the future, as long as you're working towards it every single day, even if you don't see the results right away, you're going to go somewhere with that. And that's what ended up sparking the real personal growth journey, because I think Mm -hmm. it's for anyone to listen to a motivational podcast, to read a book, to watch an interview. But if they're not taking the action every single day, whether it's a small step, then there really is no, there is no um, reason to just go all in on once and then expect for the rest. It's just taking those small steps every single day mm-hmm. and then you will end up getting there. Yeah. The compound effect, that book, I mean, that is the book of life, like essentially, right? Because it's like that. I remember reading that book and I teach it a lot with my team because it, by the time that you start seeing results, like, or changes, like 90% of the work's already done. Right. And it, it's like one of those things, like, you know, eat, it's not, it's eating an apple every single day that keeps the doctor away. It, like that saying goes, not eating seven apples once a week, you know? And I think that's a really, really important thing. It's those small decisions that are so easy not to do or so easy to do that make all of the difference. Like going to the gym for seven hours one day, you're not going to see any changes. But if you go to the gym for 30 minutes or an hour every single day for an entire year, you will notice a difference, right? And it's that, that compound effect is huge. And I, that, that's amazing that you read that book. I love Darren Hardy. Um, and I think that book really is life-changing for anyone who struggles with the frustration of wanting to see instant gratification. Because in this world and today where everything's instant, where you can literally get your groceries delivered to you in the same day, you know, like I think that we, instant gratification really is a problem with the younger generation of getting things instantly. Anything worth like having with lasting results and change in your life, it's going to take time. You know, so if anyone that's listening to this that struggles with that instant gratification, you're not alone, but get the compound effect. It is a really, really great book and it will teach you a lot of valuable life lessons. 100%. I'm curious. So I know that you've all, you, like this, I loved hearing your journey with personal growth and, you know, kind of like the, the books that have like shaped you. I would love to hear things that when you started, do you do, you do meditation? I started recently doing it every day of this year. Do you, but you do you started like journaling and stuff like that, right? Which, I, def- I definitely journal every day. Yes. Okay, so I and I think honestly that can be a form of like meditation in and of itself. You know, like getting like it's really just like focusing and practicing. So I'm curious, like, what does your daily practice like? What are things that you do every single day 
you know, the little small things that you do every single day that have really made lasting impacts. And I know it's going to be different for everyone, right? It's like about what finding works for you, but I'm curious, what practices have you put in place that are now just habits that you do every single day? Definitely the one that has made the biggest impact is journaling because it's brought a lot of self-awareness, just being able to sit. And at first it can be really uncomfortable. It's like you have a paper in front of you and you have to get real with yourself. You kind of hold back, even though no one's going to read it. And at first you're kind of like, is that really what I'm thinking? Like, what is going on? And once you just let it all out, like brain dump how you're feeling on paper, Mm -hmm. it just helps with so much self-awareness. And I, I, do it in the morning. And then I do it at night when I reflect on the day. That's something that's really, really helped a lot. And just also noticing the small changes because yeah, it's important to realize like, oh, when something big has happened or when you do a really big success, but the small things such as like something someone did today that might've bothered me a lot back in the day, today I kind of like acknowledged it I understood it and I let it go Mm -hmm. like little progresses like that is stuff that you should take note of because in the end of the day it doesn't matter how big or how small you're progressing it's like any little thing will count and that sense of you're wanting to change that journaling helps to keep note of it yoga has been a huge game changer in my life because yoga has really allowed you to just allowed me to connect with like my body and my mind meditation Definitely. So what I'll do, I'll wake up, I've been meditating for 20 minutes a day, then I journal, then I just sit outside and I just reflect and I'm just like, wow, this is life right now. It's so beautiful. Look at the sky, (laughs) like just acknowledging all the little things in life. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the day, just being aware of everything that's going on. So with the people that I run into, the experiences I'm in, I just always keep in mind that, you know, stuff is happening. And in every situation that I'm in, there's something to get out of. So every day, I just whenever I can, I'll meet someone on the street, like not on the street, but if I'm in line, I'll Mm. talk to someone, or I'll just be very engaging with my environment. And just, you know, just being very present and aware throughout the day. And definitely when I lose my presence, which is not, it's quite often if I'm like (laughs) somewhere and I start thinking of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Or like, when am I going to make my next dance video? Or when am I going to record a podcast? Mm -hmm. Like, I just become aware. I'm like, Erica, let's come back into the present. And just always (laughs) reminding myself to be like present and aware is definitely the most important. I love that. Did you get that from the power of now? Like the power of... Or oh, well, I actually I, read that book back when I was like 17 or five years ago. So maybe I do remember that, but I have been listening to Eckhart Tolle a lot. I was uh-huh. listening to him today before the podcast. Okay. So <laughs> Eckhart Tolle makes a big impact on my life. For okay. Sure. I, have, I got that book. A lot of people have been recommending it. Um, I have not read it yet, but it's on my list. Personal growth junkie. Is that like a, is that a term? That's totally me. Like, I, I love it. I love learning and I love growing. And even as like uncomfortable as the process can be, because sometimes you got to face the stuff that, like you said, you're like, when you're journaling, you have to like, look at, at the paper and be like, is this really the thoughts that are going on in my head? You know, and you kind of ha- like, it makes it real when you, when you write it out and you get it outside of your head. And I know for me, like in the very beginning, it's like very, it was very scary and intimidating because I was like, I'm not a writer. I don't know what I'm going to write about. And every day I kind of, I don't have any restrictions on what I write about, but I've been writing every single day since the beginning of this year. Just, and sometimes I fill out two pages. Sometimes I fill out like four lines, you know, and I, I really just like allow myself to just free of judgment, get out whatever's going on. And I'm curious, do you have any type of like 
questions that you kind of revert back to that you ask yourself to, for people that maybe have never journaled before? Like, are there tips or questions that you think that would be helpful for people to ask themselves to reflect on? So definitely is, I love to start off with writing my current situation. So like, this is what Mm -hmm. just happened. This is how I feel about it. And just being Mm -hmm. very honest with like, how do I feel today? Like, Mm -hmm. what is it that's going on right now? And how do I feel about it? So definitely being in touch with how you're really feeling about situations and about what is going on is really important. Mm -hmm. And then as far as asking yourself, so where, where do I see myself? Like, what is it that I see myself doing and what is it that I'm going to feel when I am doing that thing? And kind of just reflecting on like where you are right now, where it is that you want to go and what's that separation between getting you to there because a lot of the times we're like oh yeah I'll be happy when this is gonna happen so you have to know what it is that you want to happen but then also ask yourself how can I involve more of these emotions in my current situation rather than just waiting to get to that place Mm -hmm. but just see okay so this is how I want to feel how can I involve this currently because when you do start becoming what you want to be every day then you realize like sooner or later you're going to actually get there and you don't really have to wait to that next step so just being very self-aware with what is going on right now where it is that you want to go and how you can involve more of those emotions currently right now just writing it i love that have you ever heard of um brooke castillo no oh my gosh you would love her so she has a podcast it's called the life coach school amazing but she talks she calls it the model and she talks about it's like I know Joseph Dispenza talked about this, where like your thoughts, your feelings, your results, like that, they're all connected, right? But she talks about that and how like, if you want to, whatever result that you want to create in your life, you got to think about like, okay, what does that person think about? What does that person feel? And how can I start acting and thinking and feeling right now? And it was like literally exactly what you said. But anyways, I love her. I think that you know, you, you should give her a listen. She has a lot of great philosophies and, and her podcast is amazing, but she talks about, about that as well. And I think that's great for people that are just starting out, like becoming aware of your feelings in general. A lot of the times that we have like what the 60,000 thoughts that are creating yeah. our feelings and our emotions, and we have no idea what's going on inside our mind. So yeah, just being aware of your feelings is huge. Okay. Last question before we close it up, I could talk to you forever as I wanted to talk to you about your LinkedIn community that you've built. I've never met anyone that has built such a a crazy, awesome, inspiring community on LinkedIn. So I'm so curious, like, because I only knew LinkedIn as like, you're searching for jobs and it's like your resume essentially, you know, and you've really created such an incredible community with it. I want to just hear everything about your journey with that and how that started. So it started back in September of 2018, around the same time that I started shuffling, I posted my first LinkedIn video. So kind of both grew together. Mm -hmm. And when I posted that LinkedIn video, it was about math and how math and life are kind of similar in the sense where if it's a really complicated problem, we start overanalyzing it and thinking that it's the end of the world. But when we 
breathe and we calm down and look at the problem for what it is, we can look and work through it step by step. So that was kind of my first LinkedIn video. And what since- an amazing analogy. Can we just pause on that right now? How old were you when you had this, when you just had this reality? I was like 20, 21. That is ridiculous. <laughs> that like, that is so, re- okay. I just that's wanted like to my like- life. That's like my life analogy. Cause I do yeah. math every day. And every time I'm like, I'll literally be studying for my midterm and I'm like going through this crazy anxiety of just like, what is going on? And then I'm like, pause. <laughs> the world it's gonna be okay like everything's gonna work out oh my gosh what yeah. a great analogy to life thank you yes. I love it happy you love that one okay okay so you posted so that first video I posted that first video then I started doing some other like math um analogy videos and then I just started building a community and you know finding other content creators that were also inspiring me and connecting with them. And LinkedIn's a very friendly environment. So definitely just interacting with other content creators, sharing my own content. Then I was able to meet some of these content creators in person. And those were kind of really, really life-changing experiences because on Instagram, you know, we meet some shufflers at festivals every once in a while, but through LinkedIn, I, I, met these like professional people in person and had one-on-one conversations and really just connected on another level. And that level of connection really impacted my, my life in a sense where I was able to just see like the content that I put out there and the messages that I sent out or what I'm going to be attracting. Mm-hmm. And little by little, I just realized I was building a community of people and it's just been very inspiring and motivating the the value that people will leave on LinkedIn because the comments people leave are like paragraphs. Like people always have something valuable to say. And just overall seeing that I went from someone who thought LinkedIn was such a professional platform and I was scared of sharing Mm -hmm. to realizing that the moment I opened up about certain things like my shuffling or different things, other professionals also went ahead and did that. And it's like, there's no need to have to put up a front at all for anything and as long as you're being your authentic self you're going to be attracting other people so that the LinkedIn journey has really been a very life-changing experience and I'm really grateful for everyone that's part of the community if any of my LinkedIn fam is listening (laughs) I absolutely love that because yeah I used to think like LinkedIn like was very professional you couldn't really express yourself right like to fully um and I've I've checked out your LinkedIn. I was like, you're doing all of the things on LinkedIn, just being vulnerable, being yourself, expressing, creating content, creating value. And it's just such a fresh perspective of anything that I've ever seen on LinkedIn, you know? And I was just like, this is amazing. So if you guys have not checked Erica on her LinkedIn, I'm going to link everything in the show notes for you guys. So as we close out this podcast episode, thank you so much for taking the time, Erica, to provide so much value if people fell in love with you, which I'm sure they did, if they don't already know you, where can they find you and get more Erica? On Instagram at Erica Gutierrez with three R's in the Gutierrez on LinkedIn and on my podcast, Beyond the Shuffle. Okay. Amazing. I will link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much, Erica, for taking the time out of your day. And until next time. Bye guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit tourinishino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.